Hi everyone, Stephen here. This episode was recorded two days before the death of George Floyd, so that and the subsequent events are not discussed in this episode. It's fitting that our last episode was on righteous anger because now is certainly a time to be angry. Sin makes God angry, and he has seen every instance of sin, recorded and forgotten, explicit and implicit, and the gospel is the story of his disarming and destroying the supernatural evil behind sin forever. In this time of immense pain, confusion, division, and exhaustion, we can place our hope in the promise that God, through the death and resurrection of Jesus and the regenerating work of his spirit, is making all things new. Now, without further ado, I'm excited to open this episode with some music from my sister in Christ and one of this episode's co-hosts, Nicole. Spectrum, a lighthearted discussion of God and his universe that covers the heavy and the light, the serious and the ridiculous. We are not ultimate authorities. That honor belongs to Yahweh. We're just folks that love him and his good news of great joy. So we're going to talk about it. I'm your host, Stephen Simmons. Joining me today is Jacob. Hey, that's me. And also Nicole. Hello. That's right. We got a third chair. We filled the void with a third person. Well, there is still a bit of a void as we're sitting as far away as we're able to. It is week eight trillion of quarantine. Dude, right. We are hanging out in a room originally designed to house babies at our church, but there's no such thing anymore <laughs> because house babies, house babies. <laughs> like it's where they keep, keep all the babies so no one can get them permanently. To keep, it keeps Rumpelstiltskin alive. He's our head pastor. Yeah, Rumpelstiltskin is our head pastor here at our church. Oh gosh. Anyways, today, folks, we have another uh, magical event where our, our current event really does blend with uh, the question that I would have kicked us off with. It's mm. just too good. And pretty fascinating. I'll just let our question asker set this one up because he gave us a little uh, framework for what we're talking about. And it deals with one of my favorite topics in the entire world. You guessed it. TikTok. Not Star Wars. Star Wars is one of them. Star Wars and TikTok. And Jesus. There's my three. Nice. Jackson asks slash says, what's up, guys? There's currently a TikTok trend about a culture called randonauting. Do you guys know what this is? No, I'm I don't a boomer. Rando nodding. Here we go. Ready for this ride. Based on my own basic understanding, one of the me- this is Jackson speaking, of course. One of the main premises of randonauting is that human intention can have a large impact on randomly generated locations using quantum data. What is going on? I'm going to be honest. I'm not following this at all. That's okay. I'm not either. So using a randonauting app, I could set my intention for happiness and be taken to a random location where happiness is manifested. By the app, though. By the app. Many people claim many different things about this culture, but most agree that the supernatural is involved. Here's the question. How should Christians think about and interact with things like this? I did a little bit of research. On random nodding, I did the random nodding hashtag on TikTok. S- oh, go ahead. Really, what it is is there's this app called Randonautica that people have been using. Okay. You 
give it your current location, and it gives you a random point using what it claims is this quantum data. Are they attractions in the town you live in or like restaurants? It can or? literally be, I saw where people, the videos that go viral on TikTok is where people follow this point and they find like a ring of tree stumps and nothing else in a field no. or like cross-hatched like logs and these weird shapes. One person found this like fort made of like sharpened logs with like a skull set in the middle of it i don't believe this. how much of this is staged i don't know because also someone did the random location and, and it took them to their local library <laughs> that's what i expect in a really like <laughs> nice way like police station well see here like it takes you to like an ice cream shop right like, it takes you to a random location but where people are saying the supernatural is involved is that they claim that while you're like selecting your random point, you are focusing your thoughts, intentions, if you will, on a certain emotion or thought or idea. And the thought is that the quantum data somehow supernaturally takes what you are thinking and wanting, and the point is somehow manifested in that. I've seen that also in very silly ways. That's new age nonsense. Yeah, no, no, no. We sure, 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 stay sure, away sure. from that. <laughs> we need to make a button for that. That's just, that's new age nonsense. New age. I could record my dad saying that. I got mm-hmm. my, um, here's the thing about random nodding. No gospel in it at all Amen. Um, yeah that's piper piper gave it the good old no gospel sticker but uh i saw a video where someone their intention was the color purple and it took them to a cemetery oh, and they were panning over all of the flowers and then they do this very hard zoom very far away where someone has put up a, a purple bouquet and they're like purple i don't buy it that stuff no. must be fabricated well hey I can't believe if it. the app is run by lucifer then maybe he's taking them exactly where their heart wants because he wants them to indulge in their desires rather than the Lord. Okay. <laughs> also, it's just data. It is just yeah, data. Yeah, we have like a computer data. Okay, cool. I don't do some data. I don't do data. Is the D in data for devil? Sometimes. Dang. Devil at the attack data. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah, that's like, that's like pandemic logic right there. Everything fits. Did you actually like look up one yourself locally when you were researching? No, I feel like I don't want to mess with that. That's, that's exactly how I feel. But yeah. it's, does it have the same vibes as like Ouija board kind of stuff? Uh, or are people oh, using it just for fun too? Some people are just using it as it generates a random point. Let's go kind of like geocaching. Yeah. Or something. Let's just go on an adventure. Yeah. I think some people are really emphasizing, like I saw a video with this person. It's like, hey guys, today we're, we're manifesting happiness and seeing where it leads. Us. Or, hey, today we're manifesting sadness and seeing where this takes us. They're using the app to find meaning. I think yeah. you need a sound effect for the sound of my eyes rolling. What does that sound like? Like marbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marbles. There is no room for the Christian to believe that our intentions can manifest physical realities. Right. We are not gods. Yeah, right? It's just like, that is like mystical, magic, metaphysic, non-Christian nonsense. (laughs) It's like loosely around pop culture. Mm -hmm. It's like loosely around self-help books right Mm -hmm. now. It's like loosely around... This is. I was listening to a real estate investing podcast because I'm trying. I'm potentially thinking about it as like a long term. Hi, it's me, Bale. Welcome to my podcast. Right? But on just like I was listening houses. to it, it's like a. I'm trying to take on data about this. Well, data. <laughs> One of the hosts was like, you know, I love to speak things out into the universe because I think setting your intentions really blah 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 blah. And I was like, what? This isn't even like a social, cultural, spiritual context. And you're just talking about like, you're manifesting real estate investment? What? This sounds like the most powerful real estate agent in the right? entire universe. Unlimited power. Because she speaks it? I don't know. Wow. It just seems like 
sometimes it feels like I'm really sensitive to a topic that nobody else is paying attention to. You know what I mean? Well, who's the, where's the quote come from? The greatest trick the devil ever pulled is convincing the world he didn't exist. Mm-hmm. What's that from? I don't know. That's okay. Doesn't super matter. But the point being, Satan sure is doing fine if people yeah. aren't actively thinking about Satan. It's kind of like when we talked about the Sabrina the Teenage Witch show, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was on that one. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Wow, you were on that, that one too? Yeah. Just how like... Wow, maybe the quantum data arranged this meeting of us again oh so we could like revisit The force this. of faith. Because wow, that's, that's yeah. a part of it is people are no longer putting faith in Jesus or in other things. They're yeah. putting... They view faith as a spiritual force. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so it's become this mystical thing yeah. that is... And our words and our deeds are the causational reality. Yeah, because we are little gods, whatever you yeah. want to call it, or like God, of course, we have the same power that he had to like speak things like we can do that too. Gosh. And it's like, that's so wrong. Yeah, you it's know, just not there. At the root of it, like people aren't going to outright say that, but that's like yeah. where the path leads of like, you think you have the power to create yeah. out of nothing. I think that's why it feels so particularly gross to me is because it seems really fun and innocent in a way that's like unquestionable you know what i mean like the culture around us is kind of just like thoughtlessly taking in these things into our vernacular into Mm -hmm. our into our jargon Hmm. because it just seems so innocent but it's like these are nothing is purely physical and like everything is spiritual everything (laughs) these are spiritual realities that are pretty explicitly non-biblical spiritual realities non-christian spiritual realities and if they're not christian it's how I felt when we were talking about the Sabrina show. It's like culture has just kind of passively taken on a posture of enjoying television that literally worships Satan. Mm-hmm. That is the the source of their power is by worshiping Satan. <laughs> right. You know, and this feels like adjacent to that to me. And maybe I'm being dramatic, but I, don't, I mean, to follow up on my previous point, Nicole, you invented data. Is the A <laughs> in data for Asheroth? Yeah. Oh, some would say. Say A. Say A A. So yeah, I think that really when <laughs> things like this come down, when it comes down to it, when the rubber hits the road is a phrase that I never used to use and now use almost every day. How's that for weird? Do you think Satan put that in my head? Rubber hits the road. No, I think we're all boomers now. We're all boomers. We when are. the rubber hits the road. Yeah. Anyways, is the intention behind, like, is it just a fun app about going on adventures with random points that then people have weirdly injected their own spirituality to it or does this thing exist with an intrinsically like in the same way that a Ouija board is not just some board game people decided to say we're talking to go a central part of playing with a Ouija board is that you're trying to contact spirits yeah that's very explicit it's very explicit yeah. so if the thing is explicitly this i've never downloaded the app but i have no intention to because it sure yeah. seems very wrapped up in this whole thing mm-hmm. i haven't worked directly with ai but being around other people or at work and stuff like you kind of create a system of intents and to have an idea. So a computer knows like, okay, now that I have all these, I'm not explaining this well, all that to say, like I've worked a little bit with this. So like, I know that it is purely a technological thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you didn't pray over it in a demonic sense. Yeah, like a computer is still going to use that intent and it, yeah. it's taking everyone's data and it's making it smarter and smarter as it like can figure out. To me, it's like for the believer, like there's a certain amount of like groundedness that comes from biblical wisdom that mm-hmm. we don't need to be s- scandalized, but also like fanaticized over mm-hmm. every trend. Right. Because like we know that everything is fleeting. There's nothing new under the sun. Vanity is only as temporary as as long as we consider something fun and exciting and beautiful. Sure. So like 
for the Christian that sees these things, and especially with TikTok, because there are teenagers learning how to make millions of dollars on TikTok right now. Mm-hmm. I think the Christian would do well to just kind of have a grounded biblical state of mind that gives them the space to stop and look and ask before they just kind of dive in head first. Sure. Because again, it's like maybe it is just an app to find a cool place to hang out near you. That yeah. sounds great. Of like, I want to try out a new restaurant. Let's go into this app and they tell you about a place you never heard of. Yeah, that's cool. But like the second it enters into some kind of spirituality, like manifesting your intentions, it's like we don't need this. Yeah. You just don't need it. As a, and as a believer, nothing is neutral. You don't need it. And if you're just after doing a trend because it might make you some money or get you some followers or likes check yourself right that's kind of how i feel about it i know we said that the instances that you talked about like they seemed very staged Mm. of kind of just a creepy stuff but time and time again we see that whenever people spiritualize something the outcome and fruit of it isn't ever something really positive it's always something really creepy and or divisive or Mm -hmm. you know whatever it might be and it's like i don't want to mess with that like i don't think people notice that when you mess with the spiritual realm Mm-hmm. There is good and evil. <laughs> that yeah. is scary to me. There's a line to walk. C.S. Lewis opens his screw tape letters talking about the fact of the two dangers are over-spiritualizing everything and also under-spiritualizing mm-hmm. everything, but always recognizing that both are erring in a certain direction, but in the middle is the reality that there is a spiritual element to yeah. reality. And mm-hmm. we see that when people who do not follow or know Jesus still seek after something that the material world cannot explain to them, you yeah. know, or they seek answers and meaning and and whatever through something that is not physical and tangible and observable. Mm-hmm. That's significant. And I think that, yeah. I mean, Jacob, you talk about being too rigid, but I think that, you know, even if you look at this and there's just... The smallest hint of Lucifer in there. Mm. The smallest <laughs> hint of the demonic. It's like, let's just not. Yeah. Let's just not do that. Well, I think that's that's just kind of why, like in general, I'm really like a hard stop on these kind of things. It's like, because I think the culture around us, I mean, even like TikTok is a lot of youth right now, a lot of ki- like teenagers and some millennials, but like a lot of teens. And I'm sure the thought is just how fun. How fun. That's so cool. Let's try it out. But like, we've been stuck inside for weeks. Let's try it. Let's mm-hmm. this could be fun. But it's like to not do your due diligence to see what something means or is about, or like to check out the language that you're using. Is this actually biblical? Like my fear is that because nothing is just innocent, everything has a spiritual component to it. Yeah. And maybe we're exaggerating the manifestation new age you know, stuff behind this. But if we're not, it's real. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, like as Christians, the spiritual realm is not fake to us because we believe in Jesus. It's actually the opposite. It's very real because of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you messing with it? You know, it's kind of how I feel about it. TikTokers be like, (laughs) what? (laughs) That was a TikToker channeling the demonic. That was my impression of it. That was wild. It sounded like you're trying to do some sort of like EDM. Do you guys have TikTok accounts? I oh, made yeah. one and deleted it three oh, days yeah. later. Oh, I figured, yes. well, yeah, you have one. Oh, Duh. do I? Yeah. Love that thing. I had it for three days not. and got rid of it. Hmm. They will pop up on Instagram mm-hmm. and I will enjoy those. I love <sighs> me some Tabitha Brown. I don't know who that is. Oh my gosh. She's just this sweet older woman who like oh. cooks all vegan, but she has like a Southern oh. accent and she That's just cute. like, it's just so kind and she'll do like positive messages and oh. I don't know. She's just... Yeah, I'm not saying everything on TikTok's demonic. Yeah, she's not. Well, there was the one where she folded over backwards and climbed up the wall. Oh, oops. Yeah. 
today our topic is going to take us to a place where we're going to have a conversation that's needed to be had. We're talking mm. about reconciliation today. And it's only fitting that Nicole's here because oh, we no. really transgressed against you in our last episode. Oh, that is very true. Yeah. Oh gosh, I don't remember. Let's talk about what happened. Let's talk about it. I'm sure I'll remember in like 10 seconds. Previously on The Heavenly Spectrum. Previous. What's a good previously on? Previously on The Heavenly Spectrum. I don't know what that is. Um, that. <laughs> let's just go country. Previously on The Heavenly Spectrum, mm, okay. we talked about marrying Mr. Darcy. We sure did. Oh, you mean like I mean, literally sure the last one, not the last one Nicole was on. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. I mean, last week we took Nicole's game, her pride and joy, which yeah. she invented like Data, and we threw it under a bus and then uh, cast a uh, holy fire down upon it in our in our I uh, intended to throw it under the bus. I enjoyed playing it. It was just very silly. Steven is, as always, over dramatizing the error. That has occurred, but there was an error. There were two errors. Oh, yeah. You texted me about these errors. Now yes. I know what we're talking about. Go on. Who is going on? Share your thoughts with us. Air your grievances. Well, I was on my daily walk that I take with my roommate. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, we listen to podcasts. So I was like, oh, look, Heavenly Spectrum. And so I'm enjoying it. I'm laughing as I'm walking, not sounding silly at all. And you guys are talking about one of my favorite games, and I was sad that I wasn't there to play with you guys. And then Jacob makes this mistake that just shocks me mm. to my core. Mm. He called Colonel Fitzwilliam, Colonel Fitzpatrick. <gasps> oh, dun, dun, dun. That is not wow. his name. No. And then later you guys said old hag instead of old maid, but I feel like, it's fine. I feel like your roommate they were playing with actually said old hag, though. That's okay. Because I never read it. I just heard them say it. Because she lost. <laughs> <laughs> you lost. Man. I forgive you. Thank you. Wow. We did it. Well, folks, that's our show. If you have questions, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so reconciliation is a theme that one could argue is kind of involved in, in the gospel and the hmm. story of what Jesus did. Understatement of the uh, century. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I need some like a sim. Double double. Bobby Might we even say that's the point of the gospel? Yeah, that's what I would say. We sure yeah. would, Pastor Matt. Jacob, what talk about talk about reconciliation and how it applies to the gospel? <laughs> it's silly to me that you're saying it that way because of what I'm about to say. I read an article from Desiring God that it's called forgiveness is not the gospel and it basically makes the point that reconciliation is the literal gospel <laughs> but from a biblical perspective and i guess for our purposes today reconciliation is kind of leaning into the idea that the gospel of jesus the forgiveness of our sins was for the purpose of bringing back together what was separate which was mm -hmm. we were separated from god when we used to not be separate from god because of our sinfulness mm -hmm. so right. jesus covering our sinfulness brings us back together and we have been made family with God again and are part of a kingdom and heirs to the promises of Jesus and et cetera. Great. And with that, we are then called to then live as Jesus lived, i.e. we then forgive as he forgave us. Mm -hmm. We are then, mm -hmm. we are brought into, Second Corinthians calls it the ministry of reconciliation. Our literal ministry, our calling as Christians is reconciling. Mm -hmm. So the reason that I put so much emphasis on yeah. that piece is just that it's surprising how not intuitive it is, or it seems, to make reconciliation a central part of the Christian walk and how easy it is to 
abandon ship rather than lean into reconciliation yeah and kind of switch course we we're in a culture where it's very much about maximizing pleasure and minimizing pain Mm -hmm. and an easy way to do that is to never stay in a relationship that is hard remove toxic people from your life classic exactly for me what i do with reconciliation like i think jacob explained it very well is like on the other side of it okay so now as people of god as people in his church and his body we want to fight against disunity within the church Mm. the devil is trying to tear us down in any way and a lot of that is through relational strife and it is vital for us to be aware of where we are in our relationships with people within the church and to be voicing when we are hurt and to be aware of when our actions might come across as hurtful to there has to be like grace and understanding of like being willing to accept when someone comes to me with like, hey, like what you said was hurtful or this action. And I also have to be, you know, brave enough sometimes to be like, well, if I don't say something, it's going to just harbor more bitterness and mm-hmm. resentment. And God does not want that in us. Like we're not living in the fullness of Christ if we are That's living right. in that or have self-pity or right. or living in our pride of not wanting to admit that we've hurt someone. So I think like reconciliation is a way for us to exhibit Christ-likeness and to exhibit humility. Mm-hmm. Does anyone have the verse pulled up about laying your gift at the altar by chance? I do. Matthew 5, verses 23 through 24. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Yeah, so recognizing in real time when the people around us are sinning against us and are, and are mm-hmm. hurting us and not saying, oh, well, that kind of slightly talked to me that way or that actually really hurt, but it's not that big of a deal. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. kind of lay this by the wayside and, and then just moving on. It is real time. Oh, this actually hurt me. So we're going to talk about this because what I do not want is disunity. We're fleeing from disunity. Yeah. We are mm-hmm. an integral part of our ministry is pursuing reconciliation with one another because that glorifies God. And that, that shows the power of Jesus to heal wounds that the world looks at and says, why why not just peace out? You know, when a relationship that is severely hurt by sin is then reconciled, there's power in that. And there's witness in that. We mm-hmm. witnessed the forgiving, redemptive power of God in the way mm-hmm. that we reconcile with people when maybe someone not following Jesus would just say, well, no, you hurt me. So see you later. It's not just that like disunity is sad or disunity is not great or not what God wants for us. Disunity is actually heresy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> disunity is actually lying about the nature of the gospel itself that says that if if Christ can reconcile us back to the Father despite our sinful idolatry, of course we can also reconcile back to people who sin against us because every sin's ultimately against God anyways. Mm. So to be committed to this very cultural like one strike you're out kind of idea. It's just a spitting in the face of what Jesus has given us and being unified together despite all of our differences. It's no no small thing. Two things to hold that I want to say one thing and then say what I'm not saying by saying the first thing. Here, follow me. Mm -hmm. Right here, following you. No way that a person on earth can harm another person on earth compares to how we have harmed and dishonored God and what our sin has done against God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the ways that we hurt each other are hurtful and do cause damage and are worthy of recognition for... People can do terrible things to one another, Mm -hmm. like absolutely horrible, despicable things, and that is real. And we don't have an accurate picture of how holy God is and how 
harmful and destructive and evil our sinfulness is if we can say, yeah, I get that Jesus forgave me, but you don't understand what they did to me and how that feels. You, you don't understand how they hurt me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, if we're in that place, we need to acknowledge that real hurt was done. But also, if we're not, a, a pastor at our church likes to say, if we're not forgiving people, then what are we doing? You know, like if we're not a people mm-hmm. who forgive, or yeah. if we're not a people that's our main thing, then, then what are we doing? Because that the only reason we're all in a room together is because Jesus forgave us. You yeah. know, the only reason that we're here is because of forgiveness. Um, which kind of leads me to the, the next point that I wanted to get into is that reconciliation and restoration are different things, mm-hmm. right? A painful thing I've had to experience is a relationship where the final conversation is a recognition that the relationship is reconciled. There's forgiveness there, but it is not restored in the sense of it is not fully as it was and as it should have been prior. Mm-hmm. One of the pastors at our church was talking to me one time as I was talking through one such relationship of just like, we're both idealists, as I'm now paraphrasing what this pastor said. We're both idealists in the sense of when I idealize something and when I want all my relationships to be perfect, I want all these people to like me and I want everything to be great and, and harmonious. It is a good thing because I'm looking towards the promise of the new heavens and the new mm-hmm. earth. I'm looking towards a reality that is promised, but sometimes I kind of overshoot the reality of the world that I'm currently in and the fact that sin does mar that and this the fact that my sin does have consequences. Hmm. Namely, this side of heaven, I can hurt people in a way that we will not be fully restored in our previous relationship again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a true thing. And that, you know, the goal of reconciliation is not um wounds don't matter, you know, yeah. and like no harm, suck it up and forgive them. You know, that's not what's the difference then between a sinful non-restoration and a we're okay, this is just gonna be different now. What do you mean by sinful? I guess like not wanting to go back to the same level of relationship. How do you know when somebody has healthily and biblically reconciled? Sometimes it looks like the same thing where we're not in each other's lives anymore. Mm-hmm. But in one case it's because you fled conflict and fled discomfort and fled hard conversations that would lead back to reconciling and once it's because you had a healthy conversation about the disconnect and it turns out that reconciling with one another actually just looks like changing the nature of your relationship but Mm -hmm. they look like the same thing which is that we're not in each other's lives anymore Hmm. so how do you kind of discern the difference i have a relationship that hasn't gone back to restoration but i feel good about it like i know that we are reconciled because we did everything possible like we had more than probably what the world would think is like necessary conversations to talk about it of like, are we good? And I had to go through like learning that forgiveness is not a one-time thing. Like it's a continual thing. So until I got to the point where like, I didn't see this person and like flick them off under a table or something, which was like, wow, why (laughs) my hands are doing this. (laughs) I got to a point and with time where it was like, okay, like I am so thankful for this lesson. I have learned a lot. And also the distance that we've had has been good. And I, I had to realize that like, we're not promised friendship with everyone Hmm. and that's okay. We're promised, like we are all brothers and sisters and that is like ultimately what is promised. And we have that in Christ and that's so beautiful. But just because I'm not friends at the same level that I was with this person before is okay. And I know that we are both good because we had more than enough conversations about it. If it was like, one or two conversations and there was still bitterness and when you feel that resentment in you when you see that person like i think that's where it's like this is unhealthy yeah that's right at the same time also and it depends on whether the other person is a believer yeah i thought about that too respecting their boundaries and how they view it as well like if they are not wanting to pursue restoration then i think it might look like respecting that but also still 
finding things you can do to show your love to them mm-hmm. or to show that you are still willing to pursue it, but also being receptive and listening to the spirit of like, is this something that I should pursue or should I, you know, just be thankful for the yeah. time that I had with this person? And yeah. Because really what it's about is the unity of the church, the unity of the saints that have been unified mm-hmm. together in Christ. Like, do we have the same biblical obligation and duty to seek out the steps to reconcile with non-believers? Yes. Tell me more. Yeah. I mean, more of showing them the gospel. Yeah, that's good. Just simply of like, I am forgiving you in something. And this is the same way that Christ has forgiven you for multitude of other things. Yeah. That speaks a lot. And I've had other people on the outside be like, wait, why are you forgiving this person? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. no, because like this is important. And this is my witness to like mm-hmm. fighting for unity in Christ. So a message to the world that this is the way that people that follow Jesus live their lives. And too. it's right. and honestly, sometimes I think for me, it's very hard. Like I don't view myself as an evangelical person in the sense of like, I kind of just struggle to find those opportunities to like share the gospel in a very like explicit way. In an evangelism sense. Yeah. yeah. And I struggle with thinking that like, oh, maybe my actions aren't genuine or whatnot. But in the instances where I've had to forgive people, like this is genuine because like I don't want to forgive these people at the end of the day and so me fighting for that shows that like okay like this is genuine and I think people see that and that is like a way that I can share the gospel is through that action and I know that it is like true and good I think too like with the reconciliation is not always restoration thing like even that's a grace of God in a lot of ways because Sometimes the reason we need reconciliation is because of the fallout of really sinful or just like wicked types of relationships, like wicked dynamics. And Mm -hmm. to reconcile those back to the gospel and back to one another where we apologize for maybe mistreating one another or misusing one another's friendship and things like that. The way that that's reconciled is by changing the dynamic of the relationship so that it's more healthy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it being more healthy means less in general or different yeah the closer you get to someone the more that they see the icky parts of you too of like that shows and i think of like my parents for example i'm so close with them like sometimes i think they've seen more of the disrespectful rude parts of nicole that even my close friends who think like oh you're so nice and it's like i'm not always this nice guys (laughs) every person i've ever met (laughs) and as i've grown older there has been like good distance in Mm -hmm. boundaries my relationship with my parents because if i was home all the time I think we would all be at each other's throats. And so like, and that's like a very silly example, but like the distance can be good for those kinds of relationships where it's like, I'm still close to you, but there has to be a level of distance either for a season or for longer. I had a mentor friend who had a phrase in my day to day, there's just three things I got to do. Sweep, 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 meaning sweep my side of the street. Meaning dealing with what's going on internally here at the end of my day, can I look back on my day and say, oh, you know what? I'm actually really bitter towards this person (laughs) right now. And I can reach out and maybe it looks like uh, saying a prayer and just praying for it's very hard to resent people that you're praying for regularly. So maybe Mm -hmm. it looks like praying for the person. Maybe it looks like actually giving them a phone call and saying, hey, I just wanted to talk through this situation, you know, whatever it is. The house that I live in now, when I first got there two years ago, I was so taken aback and impressed by the fact that every single day (laughs) roommates were taking roommates out on the back porch to talk through something that someone had said to someone. And it was the first time that I really saw 
gospel reconciliation regularly practiced. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool because when they sinned against each other, which happened daily, they talked about it. It wasn't just like a, well, you just really said something hurtful, but I'm just going to let it slide and I'm going to think about it for a week or whatever, you know. The good news too is that the Bible gives us a a pretty explicitly clear picture of what this looks like. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I think about Matthew 18, the Mm -hmm. instructions for how to respond to somebody that sinned against you. And it says this starting in verse 15, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother back. You've reconciled Mm -hmm. back to one another Mm -hmm. in a harmful way. When I know that people that I'm close to are at odds with one another and there's animosity and bitterness and resentment. It's like, well, have you done this? It's like, well, no, of course not. You've talked about it with everybody around you. And I'm certainly mm-hmm. guilty of that too, because I like to hide behind the like veil of I'm just mm. processing it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, have you done this? Have you gone to the person that you're upset with? Are you just trying to tell me to, right. be, to get it off your chest? Because I'm not here for that. I can't be here for that. Have you told the person? And the, Matthew 18 has this kind of reality and it, fr- like getting to a point where at some point you have done everything in your power to do to offer and extend reconciliation, right? So if the person's unwilling to repent or unwilling to come to reconciliation, I can't force a person to forgive me, you know? I can't for... I can, again, sweep, 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 do everything in my power to be... I can just be in a permanently posture of receiving. I'm ready to talk Mm -hmm. about this when you are ready to talk about this. But I can't forever chase a person down and force them to forgive me of wrongs or to have a conversation at all or, or yeah or and i think the hard part is that i see too a lot we're like we're really eager to jump to the last part of matthew 18 which is have nothing to do with them. have nothing to do with them you <laughs> yeah. know so it's like if somebody sinned against you and your first step is to verbally process with 28 people mm. stir up the resentment <laughs> in you stir up the anger in you stir up an army of people that are angry with you mm-hmm. and then you disassociate you've done the wrong thing you've sure. sinned You've sinned them and committed to disunity and unreconciliation, which is anti-biblical, non-gospel. And again, like we've said before, that doesn't mean you're best friends with the person that sinned against you. Sure. I've just seen this pattern of, I experience what I think is sin against me. I sit in my grief and resentment until it is a cannonball, Mm -hmm. and then I flee. (laughs) Yeah. A beautiful thing that I think to kind of point out that our church does it was one of the most beautiful things not Mm -hmm. at first to me is how we treat reconciliation as a church body in that it's built into our gatherings on like a quarterly basis almost like there's like a there's a gathering and member meetings and stuff right and at member (laughs) meetings where it's like okay now is the time where if you have beef yeah get up take them outside yeah and don't come in until y'all are able to hug and in these times we hug from six feet apart of course but until you're able to hug and pray for one another don't come back inside. Yeah. And then like the pastors get off the stage mm-hmm. as in you can grab come talk me. To me. <laughs> come talk to me. No one is off limits from this. No one is without sin and no one is immune from yeah. the need to reconcile and to forgive. The first time, obviously, I had never experienced that before. And I was like, oh, my gosh, no. What am this I? Is no, horrible. no, I'll just avoid <laughs> yeah. the people I don't like. What are we talking about? But it came to be one of the things that I like weirdly looked forward to. But mm-hmm. I think where the sin starts to creep in <laughs> is I remember having the thought with people. I'm pretty annoyed at them. I hope that we have another forgive night soon so that I can pull them aside, <laughs> yeah. you know, and just kind of like mark it in my calendar. Like, this is when I'll forget. But the reason that we had those gatherings is to remind us that like, this is supposed to be our daily posture. This yeah. is supposed to be like in a perfect world, 
in an in an ideal scenario, every single gathering you would see multiple of these conversations yeah, happening yeah. at every gathering because everyone's sinning against everyone all the time because it's it's a sinful fallen creation. That's just the world we're yeah. in. And what a beautiful thing to see that. What a beautiful thing to see people who in any other reality except from the body of believers would just move away from each other and just never interact again. Yeah. And yet they're willing to cross that and to talk through their issues and to cry and hug mm -hmm. and pray and be refamilified mm -hmm. to to steal a phrase that our, our church uses as well. The worship that we have after those moments, oh my gosh. after Bold. I've like let go of this resentment or whatever it might be, is just, it's phenomenal. I mean, I know it's not about the experience, but it's like tangible of like yeah. a burden lifted mm -hmm. off. And yeah. I'm so grateful we have those spaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is restorative and it is healing. And also the way that people who are not leaning into living like Jesus treat these kind of things points to a reality that we've talked about. We even talked about it a little bit when we discussed environmentalism all those months ago. <laughs> but uh, I was on that one too. Yes, you were. We as a people have this innate designed part of us where we long for justice and we long for things to be made right. Mm -hmm. And for people who are not following Jesus and don't have the promise of restored creation, until we die is all we get. The mortal life that we have in creation is our time frame to establish justice. Yeah. So when there is not an ultimate arbiter of justice and there is not an ultimate restorer and reconciler of all things, it is our job to fix it all. That's where issues, very good, well-meaning issues like many social justice, environmentalism issues can go wrong is acting like the timeline is just until the world blows up or until, you know, I go in the ground again. It's not as simple as just like, well, no, they just don't understand forgiveness and it's bad. It's yeah. like the person who doesn't love Jesus, who is acting the way they are on some level is trying to achieve justice on their own in the way that they best see fit. Yeah. And without that rooting in what is true through Jesus and through the gospel, we miss the fact that God provided the justice in Jesus mm -hmm. already. And That's that right. if we understood what a big deal it was that God became a man and died on the cross for what we did, yeah. that would be all the justice we need for the way that we wrong yeah. each other. And then mm -hmm. some, you know, yeah. if we could fully put into perspective all the wrongs, like the way that X person harms me and the way that I harm X person, if I could fully wrap my brain around what a big deal it is that that injustice was solved through the death of God incarnate, yeah. I wouldn't feel like I still have to punish them. I still need to be punished. Mm -hmm. You know, if we could fully wrap our brains around what a big deal it is and the beauty of the resurrection and what that means, yeah. that mm -hmm. the resurrection is the ultimate restorer of, of all things. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, behold, I'm making all things new. Yeah. And that's again, like it's a reminder back to the fact that reconciliation is the gospel message because yep. I think the Sheologians are who I heard it from, but they said it this way and I've held on to it, but like for the godless, this is the best they can do, which is for the <laughs> right. godless reconciliation isn't the same. So reconciliation is like, the cheapest version of reconciliation that the godless can come up with is removing yourself from the hard situation mm -hmm. or seeking out the strongest revenge possible to feel better about it or ignoring the pain, you know, or putting your faith in the quantum data. Yeah, that yeah, mm. data. But that's we're not the godless. We know who Jesus is. We know who God is in Christ. And he's reconciled us to himself. And we've been made to be ministers alongside him in that. Mm. Period. And just because I haven't found a place to put it yet. Jesus wants the rose! Amen. Mm. I just gotta hear it at least weekly. This light question that we're going to close out our show with 
was prefaced with, I don't know if y'all are still doing questions, which... Yes, please. Yeah, we are still, still doing questions. questions. We are playing around with mixing topics with questions. We're just trying to, we're just playing, we're tinkerers in our little, in our little workshop, tinkering, trying to make this the, the best show it can be. Here's our question. It comes to us from Emily. Thank you, Emily. And the question is, what do you think God thinks of the use of biblical stories slash ideas as idioms or names for companies? Examples cast pearls before swine eat drink and be merry or a company called Babel. is he annoyed really? at, mm-hmm. i didn't know this is he annoyed at the secular use of things from his word or do you think he is happy that people are hearing the ideas at all huh it's like the fact that biblical like ideas have made it into our vernacular in general right like do you think that he looks down from the pearly gates and sees a coffee shop called hebrews and he's just like ugh I really i mean guys you're better than this. My like gut response is actually kind of affirming that that's the point of some of these stories, especially when I'm going to think of like Old Testament stories. They were passed down as oral tradition long before they were ever written down for mm-hmm. us. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that they're so like idiomatic is kind of the point. Like we're mm-hmm. supposed to hear a phrase or like hear a word and remember the idea. And so we recall the whole story to recall the biblical narrative, you know? Could be case by case for sure. Yeah. But at least for Babel is hearkening back to the story where people tried to be God. Yeah, And right. tried to reach God with their yeah. building abilities. Yeah. And with their unity of, of language or whatever. But also... I don't know if God hates all jars of clay music. I think that that's a great thing. And obviously, <laughs> they're a Christian band, aren't they? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Like if they're not Christian, I, if they were a non-Christian band, stealing the phrase "jars of clay." Dang. I don't know. I think it definitely depends on the situation. If I made a toilet company and I called the toilet company "Joy Comes in the Morning." <laughs> I, it feels really disrespectful coming out of my mouth as I yeah, say it. Yeah, it does. Like, it's yeah. fun, but also, as a Christian, should I be connecting scripture with a toilet? I don't uh, think so. I mean, there are instances like that where it's like, this is kind of ridiculous, and of course, that's kind of heretical, weird. But at the same time, like I'm, I was just thinking of how the early Christians were called Christians as like a mockery. Yeah, right. right. Like, oh, yeah. In, little, in some, in some way, like words aren't important. In some ways they are, so I'm very aware of that. But like we don't get upset because we name people Adam or Eden. You this know, like true. we're taking words from the Bible. Like I think God is supreme over all of that. Like it doesn't face yeah, him. Is. And there are so many things that have been ingrained into our culture that people don't know that they come from the Bible. Yeah. So that it it doesn't spark anything in their brains like oh this is christian yeah right. the thing that i don't know if we'll be able to nail down is like is god pleased with that or not i don't know <laughs> i mean if we think more of like god wants glory i don't think yeah. he's not getting glory or right. getting glory yeah. like it seems like kind of neutral I'm, and maybe that's the best way to frame it even it's just like where is the glory going am i have i come up with this phrase to so everyone will be so impressed with me or am, am i using my company and my talents yeah. and my product to reflect god and his creation yeah. to reflect a truth about god and this might not be where I wanted to go with this, but a lot of the phrases that we have, especially here in the South that we've taken from the Bible Mm -hmm. and kind of out of context, like to me, that just makes me more sad of like, there are so many people in the South who are using these phrases or think they're Christian and they still need Jesus. Like get her done. That's what? Larry the cable guy. That's not Christian though. I was just saying like Southern phrases. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I'm biblically biblical. based. Is that not in the Bible? <laughs> Get her done. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, gosh, that's wild. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure we've heard that. We said last week that I heard it in Little Women. Yeah, yeah. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Is that in the Bible? It's not, but there's something similar to it. I think yeah. I've looked it up before, but there's yeah. all sorts of things like, like that. Like proverbs that have made it in vernacular yeah. and stuff. Butter my buns and call me a biscuit. Stop oh it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> that made me uncomfortable. Yeah. I think it was supposed to. <laughs> that's my superpower causing discomfort that's true hmm. honestly yeah <laughs> not phased no nope. no nope. folks we did it that's our show if you have questions serious or ridiculous that you'd like discussed send us an email at where the heavenly spectrum at gmail.com that's right if you'd like to support our show financially head over to patreon.com slash the heavenly spectrum <laughs> as always be sure to share the show with friends and family and leave us a glowing review on itunes i just gave us a five-star review this week i didn't realize i never had did it sound like i was done talking <laughs> but I wanted to interject. I need to do that too. Let's reconcile. I don't listen on iTunes, so I'll need to go. Special thanks to Haley Williams. No, not the Paramore Haley Williams, to my friend Haley Williams for the artwork for this podcast. Thanks to Matty Mullen for the music. And also with your spirit, fam. Mm. Yeet. Yeet. Yeet also. You have to say a different one or you're not leaving this room. I have to say what? Say a response to what I told you. Peace. We do this every you. time. Jacob is on his phone, very distracted. I am, sorry. (laughs) I put us on Instagram and now I'm distracted. Midtown.com slash personal liturgy. Okay. Or just personalliturgy.com. It'll auto-direct All right, everyone throw your phones in the toilet. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.